Comic Book Club News gives you the comic book news you need to know first thing in the morning every weekday in the form of digestible three to five minute long podcasts. Comic Book Club News recaps breaking news stories from Marvel, DC Comics, and beyond Monday through Friday. New episodes drop 6 a.m. ET in the Comic Book Club News feed so they're ready for you when you're ready for the day. Comic Book Club News. You hear it second or third, possibly fourth. Once again, at the end of a dark path in the weird wild woods, we don our witches' caps, rest our brooms in the broom holder, which is label your broom so we don't mix them up. I flew home with yours, and it was yours is right. No, I I, I remember, I remember, and I was gonna, I was going to say something about broom holder, but it's fine. Yeah, well, and sorry, Broomhilda, we're not speaking about you. This is a broom holder. Very hard to just say all the word, the letters. And as we gather around our bubbling cauldron, we whip out our number two pencils, oh, which no. we use oh, to cast. Man, I, yes, yes. Now, now I'm feeling bad about letting the broom holder thing go because yeah, he's well, talking about broom closet. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, broom closet is my name, so yes. <laughs> and I'm Broom Zalbin, and you're listening to the <laughs> Chilling Podcast of Sabrina. We're going to be talking about Chapter Thirty, The Uninvited. Uh, my full name is actually Alex. Uh, nice to see you. <laughs> Great. Oh, Great intro. My name is not Broom. I should specify. <laughs> I don't want, in case this is anybody's first time listening to the podcast. Uh, I want them to know what our real names are. My name's yes. Alex. You and are... I'm, Bro- I'm Broom. <laughs> and Justin. I'm Pete. Nice. Uh, Bialystock Pete, we always call him, and Broom yes. Justin. <laughs> uh, so yeah, chapter 30, The Uninvited, the second uh, episode of part four. Lots of stuff going on. Season I'm gonna keep. I, all right, we're not going to get into this. I'm going to keep the recap pretty brief here uh, because there's lots to get through. But the Eldrick Terrors are attacking Greendale. Last episode, we had the darkness attacked. Um, the, the band, the darkness, which was the, crazy. Oh, I thought, I thought it was the comic book, the darkness. I was like, what's next, Witchblade? I mean, come on! <laughs> <laughs> wow, you guys went for different things. Uh, no, it's actually the actual darkness of the Elder Terror attached, and the only way of stopping it was two Sabrinas. Not one Sabrina, but two Sabrinas uh, were able to hold it back. There's Sabrina Morningstar and Sabrina Spellman. They are from two diverging timelines, but Sabrina Morningstar has been making her time in hell and having a good old time down there with her father, Lucifer, and uh, turns out her new boyfriend, Caliban, things progress pretty rapidly uh, this episode. Fiance, my well, man. as we find out this episode, yeah. Uh, meanwhile, Sabrina Spellman has been mostly alone back on Earth while everybody else is in a relationship, so she's been trying to figure that out. Uh, meanwhile, Aunt Hilda has been progressing pretty rapidly with her own relationship with Dr. Cerebus, um, and that's probably pretty much all you need to know to get into this. Oh, the only other thing, uh, there, uh, Father Blackwood is now running the Pilgrims of the Night Church, which is a church devoted to the Eldritch Terrors, and his uh, two devotees are Miss Wardwell, who is the human version of Lilith. There are also two Michelle Gomez's in the yeah, show. Yeah, there's two yes. Lilith. There's yeah, two I mean, listen, three. if you're going to have two of anything, please make it to Michelle Gomez's. Come on. Yes. That's a great call. Your show is uh, better for it. Right. Uh, and uh, also, of course, uh, Agatha. I didn't, I didn't forget her name. <laughs> no, of course, unforgettable. I yeah. will say, Alex, your uh, propensity to include Ath- Agatha in these recaps, despite the fact she does almost a Dorcas level of nothing. <laughs> whoa, is, whoa, whoa, it, whoa, It makes me feel like you're whoa. trying to make Agatha is replacing Dorcas in your Dorcas pot. I, I and I'm, I'm glad, go I'm ahead, glad you brought please. this up because, you know, I have been trying to... Be like, I feel like this season is lacking something mm-hmm, that it mm-hmm. had before, and I was, I was like, oh, of course, it's the lack of Dorcas mm-hmm. uh, underneath everything that's happening. It just, you know, it's it's one of those things. Unfortunately, shows have to deal with when people move on. But man, 
You feel it. You really do. Well, she, Dorcas get... tr- is, she truly is the real hero of Greendale. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes, agree. we are all agree on this. Uh, she does get name-checked to the episode uh, because the other thing that sets up here is Sabrina, in an effort to move past her funk, agreed to go on two different dates, one with Carl, a human who goes to Greendale High, and then the other Carl. one with Melvin, the, as we find out, surprisingly jacked Melvin, uh, who yeah. uh, goes to school and used to date both Elspeth and Dorcas. So there you go. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's jump into it, though. We start off with a very purposefully upsetting scene. Horrifying scene. Awful. Uh, seemingly a homeless man with a shopping cart going into Greendale. Oh, man. Comes in. Uh, mother and daughter are having dinner. They're having a nice time. They smell something terrible. Homeless man is there. They turn him away, and suddenly he's inside. He rips out the mom's heart, and then seemingly, and does, in fact, as we find out later, rips out the little girl's heart as well. Oh. Uh, yeah, what'd you think about this introduction? Horrifying. What, and, you know what? I knew what first set you off that this guy was trouble about his appearance. Um, I think the fact that he had stolen a shopping cart from mm. the grocery store. Yes. Which, like, that's come definitely. on, bring it back. They have Truly, a limited yeah. supply. When they say in the Constitution, high crimes and misdemeanor, misdemeanors, mm-hmm. I think that's one of them. Yeah. Well, I will ask you, and this is a very much jumping ahead, but since we're talking about this character, the uninvited, um, I got to admit, I felt a little weird about him being a homeless guy and everybody being like, this is terrible. Yeah. Well, I felt... I felt bad for him pretty much the whole time. Mm -hmm. And then especially the way he got tricked and then heartbroken at the end was rough, dude. That was brutes. Like really had a moment where he was like, can I walk you across the carry you across the threshold? I mean, he was I, I thought that was really brutal. But the. That opening sequence was horrifying, and then the little kid being like, "What did you do to my mommy?" I I just really couldn't believe right out of the top, the start of the app. We're ripping hearts out. Like that's how we're starting the yeah. app. I will say, when the ripping answer I, hearts. The answer I was looking for is the chapped lips. The chapped mm-hmm. lips are a real. That, that there's too much chap there. That's yeah. an unotherworldly lip chap. Right. Uh, well, you know, if you don't have a home, it's hard. You know, you know. Here, here's the you thing: you keep all Pete. your chapstick. You know. Well, no, I understand what you're saying, but I guarantee you, if you are a human being on Earth, you have at least two extra things of chapstick in your pocket somewhere that you just don't know about right now. Hundred percent. Right. Yeah. Hundred percent. You were issued them at birth. <laughs> um, I think, um, Alex, to your point about the fact that he was homeless, I do think this is just an update of the classic uh, Beauty and the Beast style fairy tale trope of like a, mm-hmm. uh, a otherworldly being um, dresses in rags to um, try to test people to see if they care for other humans. And in this case, it's just a truly horrifying version of that. <laughs> right. No, I think that's fair. And I also think to Pete's point, there is an emotional thing going on here where you do actually side and feel bad for him, which is kind of fascinating yeah. versus say the darkness, which was this non-physical being. It's a very different sort of threat. Uh, and you have a very different sort of uh, relationship with it when you're watching the TV show. Yeah. Especially when he starts talking about it, like the, uh, his creation, how he kind of just like wandered around different realities. And then he finally found this glorious table. And at that point he, couldn't have been like a smelly homeless person, you know, he was just still uh, kind of created with everything else. And he got shot down hard, you know, they were like, no, get another table. And uh, it's just, it's just, a, it's, it's just sad. Well, I, applaud, I applaud your sympathy, Pete. He, mm-hmm. at his toast, talked about how they are going to kill everyone on in the universe. So, well, as you as you should. I mean, you know, it, you, when you've been shunned for eternity or for however long he's existed, you're gonna be upset at people. But he started off. He's like a force of nature. It's like a cloud being mad at a cloud, There's a, or feeling sorry for a cloud because it didn't get to sit at the good cloud table. Well, sometimes I do feel bad for clouds, like little clouds that are trailing bigger clouds. I mean. Will it wow. will it ever catch up? Will it ever form and become mm-hmm. part of that bigger cloud? I mean, 
Wow. That's tough of, stuff. There's a lot of rejected clouds out there. <laughs> yeah. A lot of lonely clouds. In there the was sky. a time when uh, Pete and I, back when, you know, people were able to interact and everything, but Pete and I were lying in the park looking at crowds, and I was like, Pete, look at that one. That looks like a bunny. And then Pete was like, yeah, look at that one. That one looks depressed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Look at that cloud. It looks like isolation. <laughs> Uh, well, there we go. After that, uh, we cut over to Sabrina's double dates. Uh, first, she goes on a date with Carl. He doesn't care for Alien. Clear no. strike against anybody. Well, well, well no, no, no. Well, I mean, oh, this boy. is a classic nerd debate here, right? What's ba- better, Aliens or Alien? And I got to agree with Carl. Alien, ha- I mean, I understand what they're trying to do, but it's slow at times. And Aliens, I feel like it's a better movie. Well, but I think the problem is you probably saw which one did you see first? I think anyone that sees Aliens is like, wait, Alien is this is the first one because it's yeah. so different. Yeah. But they're really they're both good in different ways. Um, the first I gotta, one, oh, go I was just going to say the first one I watched was Alien versus Predator. Yeah, so, so you're I kind of like, judge the rest of the series based on that. Yeah, but they had, there are so many predators in the first Alien. It's yeah. a psychological drama where predators <laughs> lurk uh, in all the cabinets. Yeah. Um, I got to appreciate Carl's pickle game here. He's oh, like, "Hey, yeah. this movie, I don't know. Can I finish your pickle? Because that would be my move as well." Sure. And uh, did you see how happy he was once he started uh, crunching on that pickle? Yeah. Carl's a man of pickle uh, pickle. He affection. was like, yeah, man, this date's going great. I got a pickle. <laughs> Do not have a pickle on a date if you want to kiss later on. That's all I'm saying. But unless you both have the pickle, then it's a pickle yeah, kiss. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Have a little pickle, pickle kiss. kiss. Sure. All right. Yeah, just pass some relish back and forth, right? Just have a good time. Mm, I love to start a date with a little relish share. <laughs> Let's just relish this date. That's where oh, the word came from. Oh, boy. You got any coleslaw on those cheeks, Mr. Squirrel? That's what I always say. (laughs) Because you exclusively date squirrels and uh, other small rodents. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, She completely forgets that she's also going on a date with Melvin. Melvin's date is even worse. He takes her to Dorian's. uh, Is sad that Elsbeth and Dorcas died. Wait, don't, don't shit on Melvin. He got dressed up. Melvin was looking good. He wasn't like depressed. Melvin, like he got up. What for are this you day. talking about? He was got his hair slicked. He, he was talks excited. about his dead ex girlfriends the entire time, and then invites the Sabrina. Time. Invites Sabrina to her own aunt's wedding. Yeah, which a lot is of missteps. Ballsy. And you think hey. he's dressed up? If he's hiding this this washboard uh, six pack underneath there, he should be wearing a see through tank top. Do you think uh, the actor who plays Melvin, like, that's a joke about the fact that he actually is ripped, right? He's got to be. Yeah, I think he's Just real quick, what do we think he's got going on under those clothes? Oh, my God. I think he's got gutters. He's got gutters. (laughs) You know he's got Melvin's got gutters. (laughs) Um, But can we... There's okay. a lot of talk of the ch- chest power prowess of the uh, the group here, sure. the male male actors on this show. I mean, I know we yeah. know that this show, sadly, has been canceled, but I've heard some rumors that Netflix is going to do the chilling gutters of Melvin. Oh, <laughs> well, they what are. was it? The, uh, you know, uh, the devil himself was like, have you seen him with his shirt off? Yowzer! That's a weird way. Um, it's a it's an aggressive way to talk about your future son in law, especially yeah. in the context where he was like, "Have you seen him without a shirt on? He's going to make beautiful grandchildren." I was like, "What? You want a <laughs> okay. bunch of firm, like abbed up grandkids? He wants that muscly kid from the internet. You yeah, know. Sh- my grandkids are shredded, dude." <laughs> Can we back up the truck for a second? There was a weird moment that I want to talk about. So Carl and Sabrina are on a date, oh and God. they go. Really? They go, we're moving backwards to Carl. Yeah, we're going. <laughs> they're in a, a restaurant, and it looks like there is a mummy waiter. Okay, uh, this is when Sabrina's looking yes, around at all the it's people. Doctor services. They have people dressed up as monsters who are serving the food. Year, like even in December. Like what? Yes, it's a Halloween. The first line of Chilling Adventures of Sabrina is Greendale, where it's always Halloween. They say that. They set that up at the beginning. And Dr. Sarah is more than anywhere else. I freaked else. out. I was like, why isn't nobody talking about this mummy? 
Also, I want to mention one of the things that I love about our podcast is we spent at least 15 minutes on the first seed or two of every episode. And then we're like, oh, shit, we got to rush through the rest. Race through to the end, yeah. yeah. Every single but time. Let me just say real quick while we're talking about the mummy in the back of Carl's date scene. Um, what, a, what a nightmare. Like, you'd have to get that bandage put on. At the That's a of your lot shift. of bandages. You got to like, oh, I got to clean my bandages. I got a bunch of ketchup on them. Mm-hmm. Every, it's just a difficult as a manager to have to. <laughs> The dedication that waiter has is really impressive, and I'm glad we stopped and talked about it. Thank you. Yeah. It's the same problem they have at TGI Mummies. Oh, <laughs> boy. Yeah. <laughs> Thank goodness it's mummies. <laughs> uh, so neither of the dates really work very well. Uh, she's kind of bummed about it. Uh, but we cut over to Harvey and Roz. Uh, fun- I, I would like to say, though, oh that the God. second date, Sabrina is phoning it in. She's not even giving Melvin <laughs> Terrible. She doesn't like no, either of these he guys. He starts talking. She immediately checks out, looks at Nick. Doesn't even give Melvin a chance. He's one sentence into the date. He dressed up. He was acting nice. She she couldn't like at least be like, hey, okay, I'm gonna give this guy a chance. Checked out right away. Oh, sorry. When you're stuck with a eating a, a plate full of cauliflower and you see a beautiful steak at another table, like yeah, you're gonna take notice. You're gonna oh, take wow. notice that there's a bad boy alert uh, at table six. Not if you're a dedicated individual, you don't. Dedicated to Melvin? So Harvey and Roz are making out. Uh, The uninvited enters, and they actually uh, invite him in because Roz has realized something's weird with her cutting. Because she's a nice person. She realizes something's weird with her cutting. Yeah, Yeah, she uses her psychic abilities. Uh, They invite him in, they give him soup, um, and uh, then he leaves. And she, in the meantime, touches his hand gets visions of the other Eldritch Terrors and manages through boning to pass those visions to Harvey. The original form of communication. Yes. Boning. They boned some images to each other. What's the heat check on uh, Wrinkle? Rosin Kinkle. Oh, Rosin yeah. Hart, oh right, right, I was yeah. going to say, what the fuck? A wrinkle in time? Or what <laughs> are you talking about? Yeah, yeah, what's what, the heat check how, on the wrinkle relationship? is that movie? Because yeah. I'm going to say, very hot. Do we think, uh, in this episode, I feel like the Roz Harvey relationship is locked in. Solid. It is very solid. And even when Sabrina's wasted, she can't deny it's true love. It really made me think that maybe Harvey isn't going to be uh, in contention for uh, Sabrina's affection by the end no. of this show. I, I was so surprised. It, it, same with Nick. Uh, yeah, I, I wonder. I mean, I don't know. I, I guess we'll see over the course of the season. We, but I, we've got to talk about that candle moment at the end. I don't want. Yes, to obviously that's gonna. We will talk about that. That's at the end of the episode. We'll get to that in a moment. You know what? Actually, let's talk about the first two scenes and then skip to the last one. That's yeah, all we're yeah, yeah, we talk to Carl. We have to figure out Carl. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about uh, no, Carl. I was going to say about the Harvey Sabrina thing is uh, we're in a, a situation, and I don't know what went down behind the scenes, but we're in a situation where I'm not sure where we're going to end up the end of the season, right? Like if Harvey is off the table for Sabrina, does that mean if the plan had gone forward for multiple seasons that Harvey and Sabrina could have gotten back together at some point or vice versa? Same thing with Nick, I guess we'll never know, but depending on how the season wraps up, that's where it is going to end up. So just in terms of this episode, I agree with you. It's just going to be interesting to see where it finalizes, where it ends. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, All right. So uh, then we go over to the Sabrinas. Both of them are in the yellow room. They're in the dollhouse that we saw briefly last season. It took me, honestly, a second to figure out what was going on there uh, because I completely forgot. And it was uh, Judas and Judith. Right. We're in the dollhouse last season. But that's when they put like a bunch of kids in that or they put the school in there. Yeah. Judas and Judith. The twins, who are creepy, who are also with Father Blackwood, uh, were in there to keep them safe. Um, it's a pocket outside of time, inside of the dollhouse. Um, but that's where we find out that Sabrina Morningstar is getting married to Caliban, and she likes him now. Uh, this is another interesting thing, I think, about what's going on, is you have two Sabrinas. They are both the protagonists of the show. But we haven't really seen what's going on with Sabrina Morningstar. Yeah. Can when they were talking, it was weird because it seemed like they because she was like, yeah, what did you think of Melvin? What did you you know, what did you think of the dates? And they both had opinions on it. But I was like, I thought they did the, the old switcheroo 
where they did the dates at the same time, and that's how they were able to pull it off. But it was kind of like Serena got home and then went out with another one. So I was a little confused how that actually worked. Was it one went out with one, the other one went out with the other, or did she just go back to back? No, she did back to back. Yeah, it was back to back. She explained it the last episode. She went to uh, the Alien Marathon with Carl at seven, and then Rocky Horror Picture Show with Melvin at midnight. Yeah, and then sometime after that, she chatted with Sabrina Morningstar. Also, Sabrina Morningstar has a red headband, and Sabrina Spellman has a black headband. That's how you can tell them apart. And, right. and just generally, they're leaning into the red color scheme in dress uh, across the board. And right, because she's in hell. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. Uh, Always of hell, red in hell. Lilith and Lucifer talk about the marriage for a little bit. Uh, they have some stuff going on. They're not quite sure about it. Um, one thing that I really like and I was surprised about with Lucifer, particularly in this episode, is they seem to be leaning into Luke Cook's propensity for comedy. Like, he is much prissier and funnier in this episode than he has been previously. The scene yeah. later where he, he sees both Sabrina's in hell, he's like, well, time to be a great dad with my beautiful, what the devil is going on here? Yeah, that I, was... I was like, he's like a goofy dad. It was very funny. I love yeah. the change, especially on a show where there's so much darkness and Father Blackwood is like Eat, chewing the scenery as like uh, villain, like big villain. He's literally chewing it. He, at one point he's like eating another person. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's what that means. <laughs> Chewing the scenery is when an actor eats another actor. Okay, my bad. Sorry. Thank you for clearing that up. Uh, no problem. I'm a classically trained actor, so I've eaten we many of my co-partners. Co uh, that's, that's another gross. term, co-partner. Um, no, uh, I like the funny turn. It, it adds a nice flavor. It almost feels like, getting back to what I was saying about Sabrina Morningstar, it feels like whatever has been going on in hell is like the sitcom version of Sabrina and whatever is happening on Earth is the dark, chilling adventures version of Sabrina. Uh, yeah. And it's fun. I like it. I'm enjoying it. It definitely defags all the danger of hell, but it was kind of airing in that direction anyway. Uh, what's his name? Beelzebub is ridiculous and over the top and everything yeah. that he's doing. So it's, it's good. I think it's a good choice. Um, but then we get back to uh, the main plot. Uh, Miss Warnwell talks to Agatha and Blackwell about Hilda's wedding. Uh, when the uninvited enters, they welcome him in, uh, kind of jumping ahead a little bit through what happens here. Uh, they find out that the reason he's not talking is because he has no tongue, which Miss Wardwell is able to identify because she's a teacher, and only a teacher can <laughs> know if somebody yeah. didn't have a tongue. We got uh, another tongueless kid. Yep. This kid's no tongue. Uh, then they give him a tongue. Uh, Father Blackwood makes a deal with him. Uh, they give him a bath. They give him a whole makeover sequence uh, before he heads to the wedding, which we'll cut back to in a second. Um, but, uh, yeah, another fun, silly thing that's going on, just this whole, like, whatever is happening with the pilgrims of the night church. Uh, yeah. That whole, like, where'd you get that tongue? Like, Oh, just from someone in the church. Like, okay. Yeah. Just some good comedy. Fun. It's funny. Uh, I will say the scheme to, um, clean up the uninvited and send him as a guest. Um, so he would go under the radar. I thought it was very smart, really good villain work there and got, Really fooled Nick. Uh, well, that was, that was a little weird where it was like, okay, guys, listen, the scary person's going to show up. Let them in. And then it was like everybody looked apart. And then one person who could barely talk and clearly looked like another, a being from another realm. And they were like, well, he's clean cut and showered, so can't be that. You know? well, I mean, no, it's I mean, true. To Justin's point, so the other part of this is that uh, Zelda tells Hilda she's got to get rid of Dr. Cerebus's succubus before they have the wedding, otherwise the right. succubus is going to kill her. So we get this setup of Nick and Melvin again. I guess they just had him on call for this episode. Yeah. Uh, showing up to exercise the succubus. They don't even have to do it. The succubus leaves, goes into Theo. Um, so they have these two things going on by the time they get to the wedding where it's like if somebody weird shows up, it might be the succubus trying to get into the wedding. Don't let them in. However, there's this guy, the uninvited. It's an Eldritch Terror. We have no reason to think it looks different. Do let him in. And that ultimately ends up screwing them over. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I agree with Justin. I think, like, it was a nice, neat little plot twist where, yeah. once again, the show layers in a bunch of stuff 
but manages to balance all of it. Yeah. Very and smart. I got it, Zalbin, I want to just kind of point out you pointed out Melvin wasn't really important, but I got to say he kind of was the backbone of a lot of everything happening in this episode. So please try not to diminish his role. Thank you. Have you turned wow. from Dorcas Dish to main Melvin? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Pete, are you some sort of Melvin? You feel like you have a very close identification with this Melvin. Yeah, exactly. Are you melding with Melvin? Mm-hmm. Uh, mind Melvin. <laughs> Do you think? I feel like um, Nick Scratch and Melvin uh, don't make a good Ghostbusters team. Like they're they're put in the position here to really be uh, to bust this ghost, and they fail very well, quickly. The problem is Nick Scratch is awful leader, so you know Melvin really doesn't have a lot to work with. They don't even have time to do anything, though. Nick is like, okay, here's what we're going to do. It's very simple. Oh, there goes the succubus. Well, he yeah. keeps banishing him real quick without coming up with a plan of, like, once he jumps out of this body, what body's going to be next? It's just Nick running around. Now, didn't they have uh, I'm forgetting what it is, but they had a box that it was going to end up in, right? Yeah. Demon box. Demon box. A good old sucky box. You know how it is. Yeah. Melvin uh, needed to have the demon box, but Melvin blew it again. Uh, so meanwhile, Lilith, Not Melvin's fault. Lilith immediately finds out about the two Sabrinas. Uh, Spellman, uh, they talk about what's everything that's going on. And Sabrina Spellman makes a plan to break up Caliban and Sabrina Morningstar. Classic Sabrina, just messing things up for no particular reason, making them more complicated. Horrible. Horrible. I hated this scene. I hated Sabrina being mean to the clay man, being like, listen, the claim you want to be you want to be with me? You got to cut off your nuts. Yeah, get gelded. There's <laughs> nothing wrong with a little gelding. Yes, uh, well, I that's what Google he finds out. He finds out that I wasn't uh, sure what that meant. Prudence tells him that since they worship Heck, <coughs> excuse me, Hecate now, uh, and they're very uh, matriarchal forward, uh, he's got to be gelded if he wants to join. Uh, he. Kind of makes a stink about it, but then it turns out later on it's not a big deal because he's made out of clay, and we see two enormous. <laughs> <laughs> I loved the size of the clay balls they put oh, in there. Yeah. Huge. Yeah. Plus, it's not like they never crafted them to look like testicles or anything. They're just truly they look like clay pool balls <laughs> just dropped in this one box. And they're like, here's my balls. They're a little chalky. <laughs> Pour some water on them if you want to shape them into a little clay pot or something. Uh, we get a fun sequence with Ambrose pretty soon after that. He's doing an autopsy on a couple of bodies. Oh, yeah, that was fun. Uh, pulls out their eyeballs and makes photographs of the last thing well, they saw. Yes, so, Justin. Real quick, we, so to, uh, there's a million plot lines in this episode. Uh, when we jump past, there's, so the uninvited has been killing random people in Greendale. And they get a call at the house, and it's like, oh, hey, five bodies. Um, yep, heartless. Hearts pulled out of them alive. Normal day in Greendale. And Ambrose just has to, like, investigate. No one gives a shit that five people had their hearts pulled out of them when they were alive. Like, what's the investigation Are there any cops? On? Have we ever seen no. any cops on the show? No. No. They really they defunded the if police. If you were a cop, yeah, they were like, they would just quit after the first day. There's too much crazy shit going on. And uh, one to, other thing we jumped over is um, uh, Hilda and Zelda. Um, I feel like they have been sort of downplayed in the first two episodes of this uh, season. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I would like to point out, uh, you know, Zalba might have a, some background in this as well, but uh, I, I went to school, a majors in television and film, and that is how you, you know, when you're developing uh, photography, you've got to rip people's eyes out and, mm-hmm. and go into a dark room and r- work with some chemicals and, and really kind of develop some nice pictures. And Well, Pete knows this. Pete went to Ithaca College. I went to Cornell University. Uh, at Cornell, we didn't actually have any film facilities, so I would have to go over to Ithaca College and get stuff over there. And that's where I'd rip people's eyeballs out in order to develop the film. Um, it was very nice of Ithaca College to donate their uh, ocular implants. So well, speak. yeah, and also it's just crazy to me that uh, this Cornell is such an amazing place. They can't even fucking have their own fucking photography and shit like that. I don't know. You did you have was, it, was it awkward when you guys Pete? first met when We're Alex's horse-drawn carriage pulled up to Ithaca College? And Pete, you had to carry him um, <laughs> so that his feet didn't touch the ground over to the <laughs> film department? Uh, do I do do I look like somebody who would carry Alex? Come on. Um, well, when I looked down, there were uh, one set of footprints. 
but I don't know what that means. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Uh, where where were we? Uh, so uh, we get a fun little bit again where Theo seduces Robin uh, just with the succubus inside of him. Um, not much comes of it. No, like I kind of thought maybe Robin was going to die or something. Yeah, I got a little setup. worried. Yeah, but now they just have some hot sex for a little while. So and cool. also, the succubus was really cool about being in a band and like going along with the songs. You know, I thought it was really uh, one other thing to to touch on. There's the scene in the morgue where. Um, uh, Roz and Harvey and Sabrina and they're like looking at um, Harvey's drawings that he drew because of sex um, falling asleep shirtless at his art table and there's this great line where um, Ambrose looks, Ambrose just like is so dramatic in these, melodramatic in these scenes and he looks at one like truly just like fully black drawing and he's like could this dark spot here represent darkness? I was like, oh, okay, real detective work here. And then they're like, oh, what if this is the Eldritch Terrors? I was like, what? This is like, last episode, this was like an end of the world thing. And now they're like, hey, you know, eight hours ago, we were dealing with a very similar problem. Do you think this is somewhat related to that? Yeah. Well, the other thing, and maybe I'm forgetting something, but it felt like the Eldritch Terrors were this completely new thing they had never heard about. And this episode, they're just rattling off tons of names. They're like, what could this be? What uh, Things beginning with un, the uninvited, the unwelcome, the uncolo. Yeah. Which, which one is this? The uncolo. <laughs> yeah, it, they nailed Thank it. Nice. Just for the quick combo. Yeah. They, they know. They, they Crystal Pepsi, come on. Yeah, there's eight drawings, eight terrors. Good, we're good. Yeah. <laughs> eight episodes. Let's, let's trust it. this goofy ex-boyfriend of Sabrina who draws at night. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so then we're over to the wedding uh, As mentioned the uh, succubus They're told not to let into the succubus uh, The uninvited does get turned away Because he's super hot now uh, At the wedding par- Oh I, I sorry I skipped over one other thing That I thought was kind of interesting So the two Sabrina's talk Sabrina Morningstar confronts Sabrina Spellman And I thought this uh, This is such a weird character thing That so perfectly fits That in any other show, Sabrina Morningstar should have been furious. Yes. Furious. And furious at Sabrina Spellman. Because you told the the man that you love to go cut off his balls. But this is Sabrina, and Sabrina's MO all the time is to mess up things as hard as possible and do whatever she wants. So Sabrina Morningstar understands that and just rolls with that. And I thought that was such a great choice. I, so surprising. It was very it was very interesting how understanding of herself she was to be like, what's going on with you? Are you okay? Cause it seems like you're lashing out at the man I'm going to marry. Uh, yeah. And yeah. I also thought, cause when, after she did that, I was like, Oh, this is going to be a problem because the ultimate enemy for Sabrina would be Sabrina. And to have um, our Sabrina be doing battle against all of hell and Sabrina Morningstar, I think would be an interesting plot line for the season to follow. So I thought for sure they were going to go that route. And instead, no. Uh, not, no at not at all. In They're fact, Earth Sabrina is the one who's pissed. She's jealous of how like happy her, her other is. Yeah. yeah. And, and it was also kind of hilarious the way she was like, yo, he tried to kill us. And she was like, well, did he? Very understanding. Absolutely. Uh, and uh, so understanding, in fact, that Sabrina Morningstar invites her with a plus one to her wedding. Very nice. Meanwhile, at the wedding party for Aunt Hilda, uh, Sabrina is getting wasted. I loved the term. A lot Maybe of gin. A lot of gin. Drop of Mother's Ruin. Yeah. Great. Love it. I'm going to start using that all the yes. time. Yes. And Mother's Ruin, I think, is an actual gin. Uh, oh, really? Let me. I meant to look that up. Yeah. Um, Interesting. Uh, can you you you've worked as a bartender? Can you order a drop of Mother's Ruin and tonic at a bar? Um, no, uh, I mean that's a very specific thing. Oh, you know what it is? Mother's Ruin is a bar in New York. That's what I'm that I've been to. Uh, okay, uh, uh, but yeah, Sabrina gets wasted drinking gin, which overall I think is a good choice if you're going to get a waste out on a liquor. Uh, what? And then, no. Yeah, gin's no. A good gin. Well, a good gin, okay, but the way she's drinking gin is a horrible idea. That next day is going to be brutes. 
And then Sabrina gives a completely wasted speech Awful at the toast. wedding. Awful One of the worst speech. toasts I've ever heard. Yeah. Man, could you imagine giving a terrible wedding speech like that while you're wasted? I mean, none of us would ever do something like that, right? Could never uh, remember doing it, if that's what sure. you mean. Yes, uh, Absolutely. Uh, is, did one of you guys do that or something? Justin tells the story all the time about giving a wedding speech. Wait, was it not like a drunk wedding speech? Was it just which one? No, I've never given a somebody drunk marrying wedding. their cousin. Oh no, that was I was stone stone sober when I said that uh, when I gave <laughs> that speech. <laughs> um, and I'll tell it again right now. Um, my uh, cousin on my mom's side uh, married a. Um, uh, another cousin of mine on my dad's side. So they were not at all related. It just happened. Okay. I was both of their cousins. Um, and the weird, the, the wife was um, my cousin was like, don't bring that up at the reception. As I was like, she should say to you, cause it's yeah. inappropriate to bring up. We're all here celebrating. And then you find out that it's, you're celebrating incest. No, everybody, they're not celebrating. They weren't, they weren't related at all. I was just related to both of them separately, but everyone, I was both sides of my family at the wedding. Uh, so it was, uh, it was, it was fun. Which was fun. side did you sit at though? You know what I mean? When I sat right in the center. It was basically, <laughs> it's like a one man show. Yeah. Here's <laughs> what, here's what I don't get. I mean, you show me the invitations to those weddings. Why was the theme celebrate incest? Yeah. <laughs> that was just popular back then. Uh, like, oh, so, I don't yeah. know if it was My prom popular. had that theme too. Yeah, exactly. Oh. There was, uh, in, I think in Back to the Future, it was the prom that celebrates incest. Oh. The famous oh one where he keeps coming to. Yeah, under yeah, the sea un- slash my mom sea. dance. <laughs> that's basically what the movie's about. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's the plot of Back <laughs> to the Future, everybody. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, she gives this terrible speech, ends up slamming Nick. Uh, we find out. I Bellman couldn't and- watch it, by the way. I had to oh, fast really? forward. That, you know, it was that bad for you? Yeah, yeah it was really wow. awful. And, but, well, man, really? So, yeah, Auntie Z giving it to Sabrina at the end was glorious when she was like, Fucking drink some coffee and sober up. I loved that. I was very happy with Auntie Z in that moment. Uh, you know what? I feel like Zelda in this season is exhibiting a lot of Father Blackwood qualities from previous um, seasons. Hmm. Easy with that. I completely disagree. But she's not, she so- doesn't have a lot. There's not a lot of... I mean, we get a little moment at the end at the second wedding here. But otherwise, she's just hard and doesn't seem to care a lot about the individual people in detail. She's just like, we have to do this because she's managing all these different projects. I, I hear you. But I also... I was just so mad at Sabrina. All Auntie uh, H did was was give for you. Anytime you need her, she was there. She is nothing but an amazing person to you. And you get drunk and do that selfish bullshit at her fucking special day? Fucking Sabrina. I, I will say, if you drink warm gin from a canteen, you are guaranteed to do the exact same thing that she did. (laughs) Uh, then we get a fun musical sequence. Fright Club plays Radio Gaga. One thing I like about this show. That was actually a good, it wasn't bad. I, I thought it was good. a good version. I, I, I think uh, the actors who play Harvey and Roz are in a real band together, as far as I know. Uh, wow. And it's just, it's, yeah, it's fun. It's also funny to see that versus Riverdale, which... I know I'm kind of in the minority here, but I love the musical numbers in Riverdale. But they're always like the very typical TV movie number, uh, musical numbers where it's like one third of the number and they mostly cut away from it. Here it's just full on. Yep, we're going to watch them play Radio Gaga for three to four minutes. Let's go. Yeah. It was Everybody's cool. into it. And the whole crowd, like it was like a rehearsed. They loved that at the wedding. And it also reminded me of our old live show when we used to do it before the uh, lockdown because the tech would play Radio Gaga at the end of every show. There you go. Really took wow. me back. Oh, good times. Uh, yeah, I I uh, I just wanted to get to the part where we talk about Peter, Dorian, are you crying? Are you Dorian crying? Gray getting killed, getting redshirted. That was crazy. Did not see that coming. Can't believe that that's real. Yeah, well, the succubus takes over with Theo, which breaks up the Radio Gaga number, jumps all over the room, goes in pretty much everybody until it goes into the Uninvited, who eats it. So we're done with that problem. Uh, And then the Uninvited, as you said, kills Dorian, eats his heart. Uh, Turns out Dorian is not immortal. Not uh, he's wait. How do they describe it? 
Um, yeah, it was like he's immortal, but he can be. I don't know. They worded it really well in the episode. Now we're fucking it up. Yeah, uh, do something like he's immortal, but he's not invincible. Um, yeah, right. And he can die. And then they cut to the photo, and his lovely photo is now dehearted. Yeah, yeah. Very sad. Uh, so yeah, and, Dorian's uh, done. Uninvited after- did a better job of the toast than fucking Sabrina. Although they're similar <laughs> tones wow. for being alone. You love man. the uninvited. Ah, big fan. You uninvited in Melvin is your like your shit, huh? My go-to. Hmm. Does this go back to Alanis Morissette? Yeah, isn't it? You're uninvited, right? Isn't nice. that, don't, Alex, don't, drop don't, it. Don't a ever deep do, yeah, Alanis don't, Morissette don't. cut. Wow, don't do that again. Okay, what time are you DJing at late night, Cornell? Uh. <laughs> DJ, DJ, uh, nine thirty p.m. Yeah, yeah, that's that's. We, we got to go to sleep early. We we can't party that long. Uh, I did it think up. it was a nice try on Hilda's part to try to save to be like, "Hey, this is my wedding, and nobody, you know, you're invited." Like, you know, I thought that was pretty s- smooth. I thought it was going to work. A little late. Um, yeah. I also so like we talked about this a little bit. So their plan is to then have Sabrina like flirt with the uninvited enough to draw him to the yellow room. And it works that he's no, looking that at was, it, that, it. That was way over the, like, I would have rather any other plan than the poor uninvited. I cannot gets believe fucking heartbroken. You like were on the that. side of an Eldrick terror. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, but uh, so the cut shot to Sabrina uh, showing up with the uninvited to that. And then the two Sabrina's talking and the ones who would be like, you brought an Eldritch terror. Plus one. I have, a, I have a quick question for you, Pete. When you watched Armageddon, was your favorite character the asteroid? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. You really got a bad rap. He's just <laughs> flying through the universe looking to fall Don't in love. Anything. Fuck but, you, Bruce Willis. Yeah. Blow yourself in half. Come on. Um, when the, the uninvited first, when Sabrina starts flirting with um, it, uh, the uninvited first looks like, oh, I'm actually seeing someone, but... Okay, uh, yeah. And then, like, it just goes from there to the point where he's, like, clearly in love with her. I know. It was so heartbreaking. And he was like, you you broke my heart. When do you think the last time the uninvited has sex was? Never? Yeah. I mean, again, it's an... A concept. <laughs> it's not like it's not like the people aren't like. When was the last time you think the concept of ennui boned? <laughs> Very long time. I mean, uh, last week, honestly. Yeah. Oh, boy. that's why it's so ennui. Yeah. Uh, so I, yeah, it is, but it's, it was very, again, another surprising choice the show made that I thought was really fun and funny and interesting to watch. And also, and all- technically, Sabrina is still hell married to the uninvited at this point. Yeah. yeah. And Which, I got to say, this show, uh, given the history, will probably bring back the uninvited from the dollhouse the same way in yeah. was season one. Right. Um, when we saw the uh, uh, the guy, the love uh, demon, was that what it was? It was locked oh, the, from the Acheron. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The show is really good about uh, bringing back stuff. So I fully expect that we will see him again. Uh, and I don't think. They can or will drop the fact that she's married unless Lucifer being the king of lies got around that somehow or something like that. But it's such a weird choice. Uh, He does end up in the dollhouse. Um, She's crying. She's not quite sure why. Lucifer also banishes Spellman. Uh, She says goodbye to Morningstar. Yeah, she gets bounced. Yeah, she gets thrown out of hell. Um, Which is hard to do. Which is real hard yeah. to do because it was like she's messed up more on Earth and people are okay with all the horrible things that she does. She does one thing wrong in hell and they're like, this is hell, okay? This is a classic You place. don't you fuck do around in like hell. Yeah. Yeah. You can't yeah. bring a terror here. Get the fuck out. Don't ever come back. <laughs> but the, was, I really was happy with the Sabrina Sabrina pep talk until what she did at the end. But. I thought it was really nice to, like, I worked hard to make my own happiness, and you should fight for yourself and try to do that, you know? And I thought that was pretty cool until the end of the episode. Uh, So we do get a lovely little scene in the middle here. Sabrina apologizes for everything at the wedding, explains what happened. um, And Hilda says, listen, there's one thing that I really want, which is the thing that she wanted originally. She didn't want a big wedding, didn't want it at Durian. She just wanted it with immediate family. 
all dressed as monsters. That was the coolest. Super cute. And they yeah. all do that. Sabrina is Dude. wearing the old school Sabrina costume, uh, which is a fun Easter Very egg fun. in there. Yeah. And was Ambrose wearing like a werewolf, like a teen wolf outfit or was just it like a Was River that Ambrose Day? or Theo? It was Ambrose. Right? Ambrose. Ambrose. Yeah. yeah. I think it was teen wolf. Yeah. I think now, so. Let, now oh, it makes ahead. me think, obviously, um, we should, one of us should have a wedding with like a costumed. A costume wedding. One oh, of us. Okay. I mean, obviously, like two of us are married, but if there was a third one who is maybe thinking about that, like that would be cool. Oh, cool, cool. Yeah, yeah. Like a monster themed wedding, or maybe like a the uninvited themed wedding. Yeah, <laughs> a Melvin <laughs> in a, an uninvited. Yeah, you can only come either as Melvin or Dorcas. That's <laughs> can you even do that though? I mean, we're obviously we're talking about Pete, but Pete, you've already settled on celebrating incest, right? <laughs> 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 yeah, I already printed out the cards. So. Let me see yeah. if I can get some of the decorations from my cousin's no, okay. wedding. No, but I really want to talk about how touching this wedding was. I mean, even Auntie Z was bawling her eyes out at the vows. I mean, it was so adorable. Absolutely perfect. Um, yeah, I just, I was really impressed with how sweet. Um, I mean, it's really impressive that, like, in this insane show, they can be these sweet, like, kind of beautiful moments. And it's crazy that they're going to go into space um, and fight the Cylons uh, as yeah. for their honeymoon. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm very excited to to meet I, I to meet that. What's that? I get to that. Good, good, I good, get good, to good. that joke. Yeah, no, hey, I get to that joke. <laughs> hey, uh, very excited to meet the weird next yes. episode. Oh, it looks yeah, like a, a f- giant octopus. But well, I mean, that's a fun little thing at the end. I love the way that they shoot that scene, the way that they play it. It seems like very '60s psychedelic. So that seems like that's going to be a fun mode for the show to play in. Yeah. Uh, but you want to talk about this last scene where Sabrina? But, but has, I also, yeah, I just want to say, like, I'm happy that she's talking to Salem, and um, like. Not that Salem's talking back, but at least they are kind of having a conversation. If that's as close as we get to it, I'm happy with it. But I think... Uh, sassy you know, Salem. The, we need it. We need Sassy yeah. talking Salem. Salem is great, so I'm glad they they got that in there. Uh, but then we get this last scene. Sabrina has an excellent idea uh, after everything that she's been through. No. <laughs> which is uh, seemingly to make a boyfriend out of the best parts of Nick and is Harvey good, using her magic next- candle. <laughs> Is this next episode going to be weird science where she's making yes. a boyfriend? Like oh, man, she's making so. a scratch the weird. And then, yeah, like it's going to be the weird science episode where she's going to have a bra on her head. And like, wh- what is going on? Maybe it'll be a direct homage. Yeah, um, what do you think this scratch kink will look like? Um, floppy brown hair, chiseled muscles, dark complexion. And also he's a minor. Nice. Wow. So like Ooh. a bad, bad, sad boy, sad boy alert. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, sad boy alert. Sad I like it. Alert. Uh, just before we move on, this is one thing that I forgot from earlier. And maybe this has been here all along. Just talking about Harvey. Um, Harvey has, I think, posters <laughs> on his wall for Archie's Madhouse, the old Archie comics. And Archie is on the cover. Uh, I know they've done that a lot on this show where like they've pulled out Archie comics or in the first season, Sabrina had the Archie characters on a mug. That's yeah. weird when I see it. It is weird. Um, I mean, I, I thought it was weird the way Sabrina was dressed up like Sabrina. I was like, is everybody a version of themselves like from the old times? Like, what? Well, yeah. Also, I guess everybody else was like, I'm the wolf man. I'm a uh, bride of Frankenstein. And she's like, yeah. I'm Sabrina. Sabrina. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Wow. Classic monsters, Sabrina. Um, I'm curious. I mean, we're not, given what's happened with this show, I doubt we're going to get the fabled crossover episode where we finally get this together. But um, but I do agree with you. Like, it is, it's funny to pay homage to something that is also wildly popular two towns over. <laughs> right. Oh, these are some other teens. I, I love uh, I love these comics about these other teens that live next door. That's fun stuff. Uh, before we wrap up here, who, which witch reigned supreme? That's what we say on this podcast. Yep. Which witch yep. reigned supreme for this episode? Pete? This is tough. This is tough. I mean, you know, I, I want to say Melvin. And, <laughs> you know, I also, I also really want to say Carl. 
Um, yeah, definitely the two sure, yeah. witchiest Oof. characters. What a, what a choice. But I'm going to give it up to uh, Hilda because she finally got to have the wedding of her dreams, and uh, she just continues to be the stabilizing force in this insane world, and I'm glad she's there for us. Justin? Uh, I got to give it up to the witch that um, that really um, sort of put a put a flag in um, the, the first couple scenes. Carl's pickle, I feel like, mm. really oh, wow. put a spell yes. on me. No, I'm going to give it up for Sabrina Morningstar and the Sabrina from Hell. Like I thought, Sabrina from Hell, yeah. That she the way that they that she played the not not being mad the response to um, Sabrina Earth Sabrina's uh, fucking with Caliban, I thought was really great and. She seems like the perfectly balanced Sabrina that this show has always gestured toward, but Sabrina has never been able to get there. And so I think that may be what, where we're headed with this. And to see her so like content dealing with like things as they come, like one thing at a time, as opposed to the Sabrina we know, juggling too much, trying to be everything for everyone. It was just a nice uh, vision of seeing her sort of complete. I'm going to pick Lucifer. I know we talked about this earlier, but just fun. Lucifer is just an enjoyable thing to watch. It's completely different than what we had in previous episodes of the show. But Luke Cook is very funny. We saw him be romantic and kind of dangerous in a different way over on Katie Kane as a different character. Uh, We've seen him play the big bad here. But this is something completely new and it's very goofy, but I enjoyed every single time he was on screen. Totally agree. Very fun. All right. Uh, That is it for this episode of uh, Chilling Podcast of Sabrina. If you'd like to support the show and other shows, we do patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to Crowdcast and YouTube. Come hang out. We would love to chat with you about Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. We don't have Chilling Adventures of Sabrina social stuff, but we do have Riverdale stuff at Riverdale after on Twitter at Riverdale Dark, on Instagram, Riverdale After Dark, on Facebook, iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe and listen to the show. ComicBookClubLive.com for this podcast and many more. For me and everybody else at the Chilling Gutters of Melvin, we'll see you next time. <laughs> Stay safe out there, you jacked Melvins. <laughs> Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.